Welcome to Connection Strategies with Ron Zukenik, helping people in business embrace the power of connection. And now, here's your host, Ron Zukenik. Welcome to Connection Strategies. I'm Ron Zukenik, and as always, I'm always, always glad that you've joined us. And, and you know, we've got so much to share. And, you, you know, for those that are repeat listeners, thanks so much for taking the time and and please don't don't forget to share the program with others. If you're new to the program, every week I bring on thought leaders, subject matter experts, and people that are passionate about the connection process. And I do two 20-minute segments, and today is is certainly no exception. And in fact, I, you know, most of the time I'm doing social selling and LinkedIn experts. Today I've got an unbelievable guest today. Uh, and I'm going to jump right into this program. His, his name is Kerry Keller. Kerry Keller. After 30 plus years as an entrepreneur, I'm talking being an entrepreneur, and he serves and he teaches people in interior design and furniture design and distribution and custom furniture fabrication. He Somehow, Kerry discovered this concept of metaphysics that somehow elevates the way one perceives and lives within life. And within four years after he discovered that, he, w- he was directing one of the schools of metaphysics in St. Louis. Now, he's a, he's a public speaker, a mind coach, and we're certainly going to talk about the mind. Uh, and he's the director of the School of Metaphysics in Indianapolis. There are currently 14 schools throughout the Midwest, started back in 73. And, and for those that are not aware of this concept of metaphysics, uh, it's a branch of philosophy that deals with the first principles of things, including abstract concepts such as being and knowing and substance and cause and identity, time and space. My God, I can't even understand this, Kerry. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rod. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, you know, look. Let's let's tell me what you were you in search of something when when you discovered this concept of moving from such a successful career that you've had as an entrepreneur and being very successful what were you were you searching for connection to something in particular uh, hindsight being 2020 yeah, i'd certainly have to say yes i um was in my early 50s when i found the school of metaphysics and i had had a career in interior design and uh small manufacturing um i was never very cookie cutter i was always reinventing the wheel um and but dealt with a lot of clients um, out of my St. Louis office, and most of the homes I did actually were either in Colorado or Florida. And um, so I got to deal with all types of people, which I enjoyed a lot. But then I also saw when people would get stuck in their lives, I didn't understand why they would get stuck. And then there's times that I obviously got stuck in my lives. And um, one day I was traveling down the highway looking for one of my sports stations and I kept getting this lady who was a doctor of metaphysics, uh, actually in, interpreting dreams, which totally was foreign to me. I didn't understand it at all. And then she started talking about the mind, and all of a sudden I started listening. And two days later, t- totally unbeknownst to me, I found myself at the School of Metaphysics in St. Louis. And um, one thing led to another, and pretty soon I was in the classes. And by the sixth lesson, I'm going, my God, everybody on the planet needs to understand this about themselves. And so that that was a quick turnaround for me. And uh, that was 15 years ago. 
And uh, so I've gone through four cycles of study myself. I'm a, <clears throat> at, at my own pace. And um, what the school actually teaches is what consciousness is. How do we think the way we think? Why, why do we think the thoughts we think? Where do they come from? How do we allow attitudes and emotions and ego and beliefs to affect the way we make choices? And come to find out that fear is what drives us on just about everything, which according to what you're sharing with people about connectedness, fear is about the worst thing to allow us to be connected. You, you know, I've always felt that you had to be before you can do and you, you do to the extent of who you are and who you are is based predominantly on how you think. So the key to power, right. success and accomplishment is method of thinking. Is, is that what you're telling the audience? It is to a degree. Um, there's a couple things with consciousness. What we found out and what even neurosciences is realizing now is consciousness is expandable. Your awareness is expandable. You know more now about yourself and your surroundings and the way life works than you did five days ago, five years ago, you know, certainly when you're a kid. Our, our mind is designed to keep expanding. So that's what we're doing is on one level teaching people okay, we have a lot of thoughts that run through our head, which makes us stressed and scattered and busy. And on an intellectual point of view, we're learning that things like meditation and concentration help us focus our attention and quiet our mind so that we think more clearly. And really, things like stress and anxiety and fear and grief all are because we imagine those things. And they seem real, but we actually make them up. And it's because our mind is so busy and it's not clear and we can't see. Um, and so as we teach people how to expand their awareness, then suddenly they really see those emotions and those fears and those doubts before they even come to the surface and they don't have to choose them. And that was one of the first things I ever learned in coming to the school was we choose our thoughts. And that was a new experience to me. I said, my God, I don't think I choose my thoughts. But the more I got to understand myself and go deeper in my own mind and quiet my mind, I realized I do. I choose every single thought, even the negative ones. Oh, okay. That, now, uh, you're not losing me at all, Kerry, but, but you got me curious on a few things. So you're telling me that the mind is expanding. or You, call, you said consciousness is expanding. Uh, and then you talk about the mind. And you're giving me some impression that you're choosing your thoughts and that you have some control over the mind. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, everybody has that ability. Unfortunately, okay. that's not the way we're raised. Okay. We're, so, raised, we're raised to react to our circumstances and to do whatever we think we need to do because of the situations or the circumstances or the people in our life instead of creating and causing our life, which comes from directing your mind. But most people live in, in this illusion of being separate, right? So it's, it, and I think you exactly. also talk about it. We're programmed from the womb and mostly <laughs> unconscious about it. So, yeah. so what, what, what are people, so if, okay, what's, talk to me about the mind for just a moment, because again, this is all about connectedness. Um, the, the, where does the mind reside? You have an energetic field. Everyone has an energetic field that surrounds their body, both interior as well as around it. Um, if you talk to most spiritual people, they'll tell you there's seven layers of energy bodies that surround us. And okay. when you're born, when you're born, you're physically born, you come out of the womb of your mother, 
your body is there and within minutes or maybe hours, the soul enters your body. The soul comes with all the inner understandings, the wisdom that is it acquired over its lifetime. And that's a different kind of concept for people because most people think that we're a body and a brain and we know what we know based on our experiences in this life. Right. But what we're understanding that there's another part to it. The mind is separate from the brain and neuroscience is now figuring that out because for the longest time they've been trying to prove everything comes from the brain. And um, now they're realizing, well, when you die, consciousness keeps continuing on. And they've discovered that because a lot of times they have patients die and then come back and tell them what happened. And they said, well, you couldn't know that because you were dead. In fact, you were even brain dead. And so they're realizing that consciousness goes on for quite a long time, even though the body dies. So now they're looking into it as to, okay, we don't know enough about this. Wow. What what are some of the real benefits to me to have some control over? Well, I guess, my God, choosing my own thoughts. So you're telling me that there's no thoughts that come into your mind without you having, uh, without choosing them, because you have some control over that. So what we teach people is there actually is a universal mind that all seven or eight billion people, however many we have on this planet, are connected to. You have your own mind, but when you have an imaginary thought or when you think of a solution or you reason, you draw thoughts into your mind as a process that we actually don't really understand too well yet. Your thoughts come from three places. They come from your brain. In other words, memory, because you thought of them already and right. so they're stored there, but you can right. use those anytime. They also come from your ego identity, who you think you are. So that, <laughs> that grows as you, as you grow in life. And then thirdly, they come from the inner mind or the connection to our universal mind. And um, that's the inspiration that we get. That's where in, intuition comes from. That's where creative mind thoughts come from. And we're just like tapping into it. So if you wanted to create a picture out of that, you could say, okay, I'm standing in front of this big TV screen that's got thoughts going across it. And I get to pick out whatever I want, depending on the circumstances in and the need I'm in and whatever it is I have. And so Part of the consciousness is being aware of how am I even choosing my thoughts? So I'll use you for a, for a reference. Last night you did a speech at uh, Walk the Talk. And so you got up on stage and you had a pretty good idea of all the things that you wanted to share in that 12 or 13 minutes. But you also had a lot of thoughts about, okay, I want to make a good impression and I want to say the right things. And I realized what that guy just said in front of me and, you know, maybe I don't necessarily agree with him. And so we have a lot of busyness going in our head. Everybody's a little different of what our concerns are, what our needs are, how we might make a good impression. So we're feeling separate in those moments. And on top of that, we're also capable of receiving other people's thoughts and other people's emotions. And not very many people are good to even understand that that's separate from you. Everybody, a lot of times people get thoughts. I receive thoughts from people and emotional people all the time. And I have to sit back and say, wait a minute, that's my thought. That's somebody else's thought. And most people don't even, aren't even aware that even takes place. So the point is we can get very distracted. We can get very right. um, lost in any type of extra extraneous thoughts. If you start off the day with six or seven things to do, 
and you're pretty confident about the time frame of your day, and by the time you get to 10 o'clock, you've acquired four more things to do, maybe you've only done one so far, then what happens? If you think about it in the mind, unless we stop and say, okay, I have these seven things to do, I've already done one, where do these new four things fit? Well, most people don't do that. They just say, okay, I got to do this stuff too. And maybe after lunch at two o'clock, they've got six or seven more things. And by the time mid-afternoon shows up, our mind is spinning because we didn't really organize or reorganize all those thoughts in our head. So now we start getting a little scattered because we're, we've lost control of it. The clarity of we, where we started in the morning with those seven thoughts and what our goals were is now maybe 15, 16, or 17, and maybe we only done two or three. And then emotions sneak in because you realize, okay, there was probably a lot of things that I needed to get done today, and now I'm getting confused. And the emotions make it even more difficult to be clear-minded so that you make good choices. And so we end up, unless we're thinking productively and clearly, we end up sabotaging ourselves. And so that's that's why a clear mind or a focused mind or an expanded mind is benefit so we can see what the heck is even going on in our mind that gets in our way that doesn't allow us to be productive. Wow. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is segment one with Kerry Keller, who's a director for one of the 14 schools of the School of Metaphysics. He's a mind coach, a speaker, certainly does training. So uh, sticking with this concept then, Kerry, so I mentioned that most people live in this illusion of being separate, yet our true nature gives us connectedness. So I can get better connected to people by having better control of my mind and my thoughts. Is, is that what I'm thinking? Or Sure. Take an example. I know you're married. Anybody that you get close to, you actually can sit down with them and you can meld your mind together on any one topic. You learn to think alike. You, they, they can talk to you and you can follow their every word and it's like you're in their head. Wow, and we okay. actually have, And we actually have that ability in the inner mind to connect our minds with other people. We experience it when we're close to people. But some people have the talent to tap into somebody's mind across the room and realize what their needs are. And the point is, that's when we feel like we're connected. When everybody in the baseball park is rooting for a team, we're all connected. When you're going to visit a visiting team, everybody's against you, you feel totally separate. So that happens in life everywhere, in your family. Right. You, right. Have, you, have a, you have a connectedness in your family. A city or a town has a certain connectedness because of its culture. And so connectedness is rather unique if we stop and pay attention to it. But most people are on autopilot racing through the day trying to get all their things done. And in that point, they move their attention to a perspective, well, I'm separate. You know, I feel like I'm separate from you on the phone now because you're out there somewhere on another phone. And even though we're having a conversation that makes us feel more connected, where we feel physically like we're apart. So there's two realities we're living. We live in a reality that says this is a very physical life. There's circumstances, situations, interruptions, there's people, and that's what makes us feel separate. Each one of the five senses that we have makes me feel separate from you. But if I move my attention inward, and I do that by quieting my mind, that's why you're hearing so much about meditations, and different ways to quiet and still the mind. When you 
can quiet and still the mind. You actually move your attention away from the brain inward to a quietness where we are all connected. Your subconscious mind knows exactly what's going on in my subconscious mind, but your conscious mind does not. So we actually can borrow from each other's subconscious mind without even knowing it. Wow. And that's the place that's the place that we want to learn how to teach people to be much more aware of themselves and their own thoughts, but how they can connect to other people. Yeah, you, you know, as people, we we like affiliation. As humans, we we love relationships, right? So so we crave yeah. this stuff, this thing called <laughs> connectedness in our life, right. but yet we we push it away in our daily experiences. Is that what you what you experience, Kerry? Right. Yes, because we'll start with at the beginning. When you're born, what we come into this world believing is that we know nothing but love and giving and respect and trust and so forth. And as you start growing as a child, you don't always get that. You might hear dad scream and yell at you. You go, okay, what did I do? What, you know, so now I'm feeling like I'm, something's wrong with me. And we have experiences we go through in the childhood where we didn't get that love or we didn't get that respect or that trust or all the high um, emotional understandings that we have. And so, and some people have worse situations where they're you know, mistreated or whatever. And our minds go to a place where we're thinking, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm not appreciated or whatever. And so, and that over time, if we have a number of those types of experiences, suddenly now we have an identi identity, which is what we call the ego identity. That's the identity of who we are here in the physical. It's not our spiritual identity, but that's how we make decisions most of the time. Because so of Kerry, our fears. Yeah, so Kerry, it, it, when I say that to myself, who, who physically or consciously is telling me this? Is this my mind telling me I'm not good enough it, because I have these yes. thoughts? So, it's, you, you have an identity. That's, that's really what the ego is. It's how you identify yourself. You've had all the experiences that you've had in your lifetime, and you made your own self-judgments as to what was successful what wasn't, what was good, what was bad, what you'd like to do more, but what you don't ever want to do again. And so you created, as everybody has, we've all created an identity of who we think we are, what we're capable of based on our past. Okay, okay. And, and, that, and that's from which we make decisions every day. So if you walk into um, uh, a party and they say, well, we're really behind getting the food ready, would you come help us? But you're really uncomfortable making food and you, you've had some experiences where you made a fool of yourself or something like that, you're going to be resistant. And it's just because of whatever you've learned about yourself and what you've identified with the past. So then we feel separate. So that's why some people walk around in this world like wallflowers. They do a lot of observing. They don't like to get in the middle. You're the, just, from what I've experienced, the opposite. You enjoy people. You get in the middle. You help them get together and connect. And so you like connecting. There's a lot of people that fear that because of attitudes, self-beliefs, the identities that they've created in their mind. And so one of the things we teach in the school of metaphysics is we're not the past. Those were just experiences for us. Who we are is connectedness. That's our true nature. We're all connected in the inner levels. And that if we decide what our ideals are and who we want to become, that's who we should be practicing in every moment of the day. If I want to be a doctor, then everything I'm doing should be helping me become a doctor or a spiritualist or a ditch digger or whatever it is.
So you're saying you're we're connected. Right. So you so so basically you're saying we're we're all wired to for connectedness, right? Uh, that, that's, the, that's our that's really our true nature. If you think that you're living in two realities at the same time, the physical reality, but then you realize, okay, we, we came from someplace. Where in the world did we come from? And, and I'm not even touching religion because consciousness is beyond religion. Um, consciousness is based on universals, universal laws, and universal truths. And um, so your mind is exactly the same as my mind, except you've learned through different experiences differently than I have. So you have established an identity in this life that's differently than the identity that I've established. But yet we have the same mind. We have the same capabilities. You, we've just learned things that are different. So there's a lot of things, a lot of ways that you can find yourself connected with me because we know some similar things. But then there's a lot of things we don't know. And so that's good for us to learn from each other and develop more and more of that connectedness. Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, for people, look, we're, we're going to get ready to get into our second segment. There's a lot that we're covering, and I want to kind of bring it in. So if, if people want to yeah. connect with you, Kerry, there's a few places they can go, right? They can go to LinkedIn, which is sure. Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, Keller, K-E. L-L-E-R, right? So they can connect with you on LinkedIn, but I, I can think they it's call- actually Kerry P. Keller. Oh, P, like Palmer. Yeah, yeah. my middle initial is P. I think it's Kerry P. Keller. Okay, Kerry P. Keller. Now, if people want to email you or go to some website or, or phone you, can they have any of that information? Can we put that out to anybody? Of course. You want that now? Yeah, right now. Would you like them to call you somewhere if they want to? Sure. sure. I mean, it's the easiest place to call me is here at the School of Metaphysics, and the uh, phone number here is 317-251-5285. Um, I can give you an email address as well, Carrie P. Keller, K-E-R-R-Y-P, the middle initial P, Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R, at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. Wow. Uh, wow. This is, this is interesting for a lot of people, Kerry, I'm sure. You know, uh, for those that are listening, certainly everybody that's on, 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 on this podcast right now, you can, you can find this conversation. This is part one with Kerry P. Keller. And you can find it at my website, ronsakinnick.com. You can go to podcastandradio.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes. Now, Kerry, this is going to be right up your alley, my friend. In closing, I always want to leave the listening audience thinking about something. I call them thinking points for connecting forward. So, Kerry, what thinking point can you leave for the audience in segment one? Okay. I guess maybe the best thing that would help everybody understand life a little better would be that you really have two perspectives in life. One is that you're this physical being that um, seems to be restricted by circumstances and situations and people. And that's how most people respond and react in their life. And then the other half of that is that we actually have a mind that's separate from the brain that thinks we're limited. And the mind is not limited. It has the ability to cause whatever kind of experiences and learning and growth from that that it wants to. And that's a little stretch for a lot of people. It certainly was for me when I first came to the School of Metaphysics. But when you learn how the mind does that, I mean, everybody's creating that every day. They just don't know how they're doing it. 
And so the point I'm making is anytime you feel like you're limited by your circumstances or situations or people, you're really not. You have a mind that if you think in a productive way can draw to you those circumstances, those situations, um, those opportunities anytime you wow. want. And I, I, know, I know you live that Thank a you lot. so much, Kerry, uh, uh, on that. Hey, Kerry, thank you. I, I love what you were just saying. For us to think about, and, and by the way, for those that are interested, you can go to som.org. SOM, that stands for School of Metaphysics. Kerry, thank you so much for being with us in segment one, and we'll see you shortly in segment two. Okay, well, thank you a lot. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Connection Strategies with Ron Zukenik. To learn more about Ron Zukenik and the work he does as speaker and trainer, visit ronzukenik.com. This podcast is powered by David Wolf and podcastandradio.com.